Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I am the entree musician and so are you. And so is this talented brother to the left of your screen. I gotta tell you, he's got credits, incredible credits. The only thing that, you know, I had some trepidation about is he's a diehard Cleveland Browns fan. So, I mean, you know, that might blow the whole thing, but I tell you what, number one hit songwriter. He's a music supervisor. He lost an Emmy, so we're gonna have to learn what that actually means. Emmy loser. <laughs> and he's written over 200 songs placed in film and TV. I'm happy to call him my friend. He is none other than Barry Coffing. What's going on, brother? Not much, what's going on with you? You look good, you look kind of nice and uh, relaxed. Hey, I flossed for you today, so. <laughs> well, man, that's, that's something special, but we're not gonna get that close, okay? Absolutely, so what's happening today? You doing good, bro? Oh, man, I'm, uh, I'm having one of those days. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm speaking and doing a mentoring at a conference in, in uh, Canada, you know, mm. which is really cool. In Eastern Canada, it's really, really well run. Man. And then uh, I did an investor pitch and then I did a technology meeting and then I'm doing this. And then I'm, I'm meeting with uh, uh, another group of people for an app that I'm building. And then, then I'm working on a, uh, doing the voiceover for a film. So it is a full day. You know what, you, you are what we call around here an ultra entree musician. I mean, because yeah. not only do you, you have the creative tip going on as a songwriter, and musician, you know, but your business is always absolutely on point. But I guess one of the most important questions I have for you, Barry, is how did you get that cool voice? Which one? <laughs> that one. <laughs> uh, uh, I, actually, I, I uh, my whole family sings. So, you know, my parents uh, graduated class in 1960 and thought happiness was a place. So we yeah. moved around a lot. And myself, my brother, my sister, and like the entire, I didn't know everyone couldn't sing. It was yeah. like the Von Trapp family. So when you were driving in the car, it was like, what part are you taking? You know, happy birthday was a four part experience. Exactly, you know? exactly. And but I met I, my I, wife and I realized that there are people who can't sing and shouldn't. It, well, know? interestingly, but I know you could sing, but I was talking about that very cool speaking voice you have. Oh, well, you have a voice that commands people, you know? <laughs> I don't know about that, but it, uh, it doesn't command my kids or my wife, so. You know. <laughs> It, it may, may uh, command strangers, you know. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's the singing voice. I actually had an opera scholarship, so I, you know, I've got a, a uh, big voice sometimes. Yeah, well, I think it's cool. I've worked in radio for many years, so voice was the thing that just- like, oh, I thought you know, radio was like, like, you know, hey, we're here, you know. Yeah, the Barry, Barry White. Yeah, I, I, I go by the name. Barry White, Barry Carter. No, no, so I'm, you go. I'm barely white, that's right. <laughs> Playing you the coolest songs that my race should never touch. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was, I did grow up, man. Like I said, like Neil Soul, R&B, that was my, that's my jam. Absolutely. Now, what drew you to music? Was it listening to the radio? I mean, what, was it because of your family background or what drew you to say, hey, I'm going to do this for life? Uh, I, I stumbled into, I mean, even though I, I love music and, it, and I see it in my own kids, it's like, a, it's like you can pass on alcoholism and all these other things. Sure. Like, one of the things they found about alcoholics is when they drink, they get higher than a normal person mm. with music. I watched my kids and you can watch them grow up. Like they, it reacts, they react to it in a higher level. It means yeah. more to them yeah. than normal people. You could see from the word go. Oh yeah. 
And I was like, you know, we'd fight for who got the cool chair with the headphones by the turntable, you know, <laughs> and I would wear every record out, you know. Yeah. And so it was always there. Then I, I was lucky enough to go to the high school for the performing visual arts in Houston. Mm -hmm. And both my sister and my brother went there. So it's all of us, you know, my family, like, because they were so supportive, like, instead of like, you know, my son, the doctor, my, you know, like my parents kind of wanted me to be a lawyer, but they were thrilled with the music thing. Ah, oh, my son, the musician, they said it like it was a good thing instead of, oh, my son's a musician, <laughs> you know. So they, they exactly. actually moved the entire, my brother and I both auditioned at the same time. Mm -hmm. We both got in. We were mm -hmm. out of the school district. So they moved the entire family into the school district. Really? So that, that's, you know, you can be a good parent, but when you're saying I will move, and I've done that for one of, one of my kids too. We're going, we're zoned to a bad school. We asked, my, my wife asked my daughter, well, how was the junior high? She goes, it looked like a prison. Oh, man. And I don't know what happened. We call it whirling dervish around here. Two weeks later, she had found us a new house in a new school district, and I was moving. So we we got we got some get it done stuff going on around here. Well, that's but awesome. yeah, my daughter did not need this to say go to that school. <laughs> that is awesome. How many children you have? May I ask? Four. Four children. Are Should they all all in music? Involved in music? Oh gosh, it looks bad. It looks like three, three out of four. <laughs> so you know. So what are you saying with the I'm other saying one? Saying, Gene, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that, and the fourth one loves music and goes to see cool bands and used to play upright, you know, bass and stuff. So that's the one that's not musical. So I guess it's probably four out of four. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. But what drew you into it? So you went to the high school in Houston. And so that was the point where you said, okay, this is it. I'm jumping off. I'm going in deep. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. I, I was still, that was kind of the worst time of my life because I'd done that. I'd gotten a bunch of scholarships to Juilliard and things. And then my parents were not financially able to do it. You know, we couldn't, we couldn't just do the living expenses. Gotcha. So I ended up getting a, a, an opera scholarship uh, to, to HBU, which was local, which had a great opera department, but I didn't like opera. Hmm. And like, you can't, like, when you go to that kind of a high school, like they're going, now we're going to sing in Latin. I'm going, I can sight read in Latin. <laughs> like you guys are late to the game, man. You don't know where I came from. Wow. So there wasn't anything for me. So really when my was great was my daughter ended up going there mm -hmm. and uh, I was able to say, Hey, first we're going to take a year off because they work you so hard that you need the year off chill. And then it was Berkeley, North Texas. Like she had to look at schools if she was going to continue her music education mm -hmm. that could continue her music education, not be a rehash. Wow. And she ended up picking North Texas and graduated as a jazz vocal major. And uh, I, and she's now moving into like film scoring. I got her her first movie. Excellent. Um, and Excellent. so, so she's doing good. And then I've got uh, my son's at North Texas now, and he's like a really brilliant lyricist. Mm -hmm. He's kind of hip hop, you know, really interesting lyrics, like hip indie hip hop, I guess. You wow. call it. And then I have the 17 year old whoops. It's a drummer. So I don't know what to say about that. Oh, that's excellent. So, and doing beatboxing. So we're hearing <laughs> all over everything. So <laughs> lots of napkins all over the place. Oh, uh, no. But, <laughs> but, it's, uh, but he's also a TikTok star. He's driving us nuts. You know, mm. what, what do you want for your bedroom? Lights so I can light up for my TikTok. You know, like, oh, no. You know, next time you TikTok, please put a shirt on. <laughs> you know? so, again, I'm, I'm uh, immersed in everything going on now, whether I like it or not. So, so you, you, when you um, uh, got into it full time, you were a musician first. Did you tour? Did you put a band together? Were you recording? 
well, well, I went to college twice, which didn't work for me. Mm. Uh, I just, they, they, I went to theory. They'd say, you can't use nine chords. I'm going to watch me. They'd give me D's. You know, it's like, Damn. I wasn't the best student, you know? And it's like, I would, I wanted to learn what I wanted to learn. And that yeah. was not the place I was at. And then I got a gig playing a, with a three piece uh, at one of like the resorts on the weekend. And my voice lesson was 9 a.m. in the morning, you know, on Monday, like yeah. they do to the freshman, you know. And my voice teacher said, you're tearing up your voice, man. You're, we're going to take your scholarship. And I went, yeah, but I'm, I'm making money every weekend more than I could on any crappy job. So absolutely. They, yeah, you can have the scholarship. And, and I was kind of just doing music, playing in bands until I realized, until I figured out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I felt weird. My friends were all going to college and graduating and doing this stuff. And I sort of felt like I'd been playing hooky for three or four years. And then my bands kept getting better and I kept getting better. So I spent six years and then, and then I woke up about three years in and went, you know that thing you're going to do when you grow up? I kind of think you're doing it. This is it. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. So I started singing jingles and I kind of rose to where doing the best stuff I could do in Houston. And then a guy named Steve Tyrell came in and he was starting a production company with Barry Mann, mm. who's a super famous songwriter. He wrote, yeah, absolutely. You lost that love and feeling on yeah. Broadway just once somewhere out there i mean oh, yeah. him and his wife incredible some of the greatest songwriters on earth absolutely and uh so i went over there and met with with steve and barry about working with their company and steve's jit was a wild man which i mm-hmm. sort of I've accidentally started to model myself after mm-hmm. i walked in and he'd heard my stuff and you know knew i was pretty good but i'm walking in with my d- then dat tapes and he's in the middle of a uh with a director for it was for the movie Extremities mm-hmm. with Vera Fawcett. It was James Russo's first film. And they've got this scene where this guy's in a portion that they're playing rock music and it tears out. He goes, and Steve's like, you know, he, he uh, grew up in the, 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 you know, in that part of Cleveland. He's a white Italian guy, but you never know it when you talk to him. So he's going, yeah. there, come on in here. What do you got? You got something for this guy? We're working on this movie. And I'm going, okay. I grab my thing, put it in. Yeah, this will work perfect. Go upstairs and have him cut it in. Wow. And I'm going like, and that's the kind of thing that will change your life. And I came back the next time and I put something in 8 Million Ways to Die, which was an Oliver Stone script. And I went, this is easy. You know, wow. honey, we're leaving. You know, <laughs> got married, you know, that ran off to L.A. for 20 years. And, and you know, all the adventures began. Yes. And working for those guys, there's where I got all my connections. And they kind of would give me pizza and donuts and, and shovel the scripts and, and, and video there. And that's the only way you can get 200 songs in film that way you understood know? you know um so I, and again custom writing it in the 90s i would i would be the guy that if you had a bunch of kids and they had a band on tv i probably was working on it wow. i did five years of california dreams including co-writing the theme uh how do you talk to an angel which i wrote uh with steve and stephanie for the heights yeah. yeah. it became a number one hit i got nominated for an emmy on that i did yeah. Uh, 75 songs for kids incorporated for Disney. I did the vocal arranging and then wrote 10 originals. Mm-hmm. And that was when Fergie from Black Eyed Peas was in right. it. And uh, and Jennifer Love Hewitt when she was 12, you know. Mm-hmm. And I did the vocal arranging for 75 songs. So it's like, I volunteered for that and everybody else was laughing at me. Oh my goodness. And then it came out, we had to do them all over the summer. It's like going, ah, you know. Um, and then I did uh, Catwalk for MTV. So I did four TV series about kids with a band and older 20 somethings all the way to 14s. Is that right? 
Yeah, and that's that's absolutely amazing. Now, so when you mentioned the fact that you were nominated, I read in one of your bios, and by the way, you have like 120 of them online, but in one of your bios, I read that you stated the Emmy nomination as an L. <laughs> yes, I'm an Emmy loser. I, I just think that's funnier than, you know, it was just nice to be nominated. It's not just nice to be nominated. You're sitting there at about 10 o'clock, you know, uh, everybody's dancing around and I, Emmy, I'm telling you, that's just, if you want to fondle them, I've fondled them all, by the way, <laughs> the Emmy, she's the one, man. I mean, great. You know, obviously Oscar's got more cachet and right. Grammys. They're okay. I mean, they're, they mean a lot, but in terms of fondling an award, the Emmy, yeah. the Emmy. Know, they, they're the shit, you know, right. Sorry. Right. But she but but you 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 were nominated and you felt like, OK, this is the moment. So what does that moment feel like uh, when they say the other person's name? Is it a, well, is it a letdown or what or what is it? Like? Okay. So 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 they give you two tickets to the Emmys. Anything else you got to pay for it at three hundred and fifty bucks a ticket. And this was 20 years ago. God knows what it is now. Right. Uh, and so I I go, should I take my parents? And you know, when you're, when you're in it, the reason so many people make mistakes when they're an athlete or in the thing is you think today is how it's going to keep going. You don't understand that today is like the average NFL running back lasts two and a half years. Gotcha. That's it. And an NFL player period. Mm-hmm. Like for all the guys with the 14 year careers, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. And I honestly said, I don't know. I don't have the money. My parents don't have the money. Should I do this? Uh, I'll just do it next time. I actually thought, I'll just invite him to the next Emmy. Wow, are you an idiot? They give one music award at the Emmys. You got a better chance of getting struck by lightning than getting nominated for an Emmy, you know? I mean, it's like, there are 240 people struck a year by lightning. There are five music Emmy nominees, you know? Understood. So I did. Thankfully, I took my parents there. And so we're there. We rent the limo. We got our limo late. So we were a little bit late because I didn't know that you can't get a limo on Emmy night in L.A. You know, another <laughs> thing, just if there are any of these that do it, book your limo early. Um, so uh, went there and then, you know, we're sitting there. And then when they announced the other people, it was best, uh, uh, you know, best song, you know, film or whatever. And. It was Candor and Ebb won for some Liza Minnelli song. Mm-hmm. And our song went number one. The show was going to be canceled and they didn't cancel it. It got two extra uh, weeks of life because they were too embarrassed to cancel oh the TV show that had number one hit. Mm-hmm. And it was the first uh, TV thing to be number one for more than one week. I and see. so, and again, we were, we couldn't get up there because Boys to Men's End of the Road wouldn't go down. It was up for 13 weeks at number one, and we kept beating it in airplay for six weeks, but they were selling too many records. Gotcha. We finally get there, and who comes screaming up the charts? It would have stayed there if it, I will always, thanks, Whitney. She comes screaming up, bangs us out, you know? Right, right. Yeah, but I mean, uh, so that's the other thing, too. When your songs climb the charts, you might as well be watching a football game. You have no control. <laughs> You're there going, go team, go. I hope we win. You know, it's like it, 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 it you're no longer have anything to do with anything. Man. You know, uh, Tyrell would get, he'd get the, uh, he had some guys, you know, he came from radio. So we'd find out the day before where we we're going to go on the charts, you know? Yeah. But uh, it was, uh, it was interesting. So who, who was the winner? Who, 
who was he or she who oh it was a candor and ab they're they're a famous broadway kind of writing team gotcha. and it was like is that all there is eliza minnelli song for some mm-hmm. special mm-hmm. you're going like and, and i you know what it probably was a better song i don't want to admit it but you know uh but but i could still mope about it but you know the thing about it is you had the experience and oh, yeah. so that's uh you know that's gold right there it's like how do you define success you were there the limo was late your parents <laughs> yeah, exactly. got to see you i mean it, it happened so that's well, fantastic the, the craziest thing about that is so uh i bought my mom a new dress for it and my wife took her out and said you know went into one of the cool la shops and goes <laughs> and so all oh, they went, oh, we got to do this. And so she loved it. It was like, it was great. And believe it or not, like this is two weeks later, my mom passed away. Oh my. Oh so my. And she was actually buried in that dress. And I went, oh, oh my God, God. what oh if I have not oh. taken her? Right. Oh my, my. gosh. I was yeah. like, you know, yeah. woo, woo, woo. That was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's I did right. not do that. Man. You know, but it was, exactly. uh, uh, you know, I'll have that memory as sort of one of the last parting memories. Absolutely. You know, it was sad that we lost and everything, but she, she was there. You know, I took my mom to the Emmys. Yes. And her son was nominated, mm. you know, so that more, I don't give a crap for me. That's right. I, I yeah. understand. So that was a, that was a, that was a definitely a moment. My goodness. Yeah. What a night. Gee, Thanks for... be Lucky than good on that one, man. That was a, but so you didn't. That- you know, you know, on on the backstory, then you didn't lose anything at all. You had so much to gain because of that. Well, I mean, and and you know, trophies are trophies. That's true. You know, that's they they're you you know the weird thing you don't you don't get a lot from standing on top of the mountain. You get a lot from climbing it. You that's know, good. absolutely. Um, I, I learn a lot more from my failures than I do from my successes. Success, mm-hmm. you sort of have an idea. <laughs> you can usually point to. You know, that, that idea you had there, not so good. And you can't be afraid to fail, man. Not in this this thing. There's no shame to my game, man. I will go down in flames, bring a crowd. Man, Let's you're, go. you're absolutely right. In fact, that's, you know, the entree musician, 80% of it is built on my failures. You know, uh, the advice that I begin to give to others as I grew older is don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't. Don't break up that person. You're there for a reason, buddy. <laughs> Well, you see what I mean? So yeah, no, like, I mean, I'm, look, I'm looking at you, man. It's like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, there's that bad gig over there. And, that's yeah. right. That's right. You Are want that to... you shouldn't have hired? Yeah, there he is. I see him right there. There yeah. he is. I'm telling you. So basically, you know, it's just like parenting. You know, in parenting, I was doing the same thing with my daughters. Here's what you don't want to do. I told them more about what not to do than what to do, what you should do. If you don't do these things, you're, you know, you're on the right road. So yeah. Well, and, and, and we're all going to make mistakes. Absolutely. You do afterwards. Absolutely. Now, you have two amazing companies. I'm sure you have more, but you have two amazing companies, at least that I know of, in the sense of musicsupervisor.com and wegetmusic.com. It, brilliant companies. Can you tell me their inception? Uh, and then can you tell me the differences between the two? Well, they're going to ultimately be one, believe it or not. I um, see. So, uh, so I went and did all the stuff in LA and worked on films. And I had a, a record deal on Warner Brothers in Asia that went double cardboard. I uh, 
had my own label uh, on Sony and uh, managed to lose more money in less time than I thought possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all, all great experiences and a bunch of bad publishing deals. So everything like your wrong thing, I did wrong kind of with the big boys, you know, <laughs> I did, I did, I did wrong on a big stage. I was a little guy, but big spankings, big spankings, you know, uh, but yeah. I was doing everything and I was raising my kids and my, uh, um, you know, my daughters were getting dating age and my sons were coming up and, and I had uh, tickets to Fountains of Wayne at the Wiltern. I said, Hey, you, you want to go to the Fountains of Wayne? Cause my son was nine and he liked Stacy's mom. And I'm going, you know, you want to go, go see him. And he goes, do you have backstage passes? Cause if not, I don't think so. When you're, when you're nine year old, he's asking for backstage passes. Okay. Yeah. Then my daughters are starting to have dating things and boy girl parties. And I'm going, this is not fun for me, mm. you know? And my dad had had a stroke and my sister was back in Houston dealing with it. And it was, mm. my wife and I were working so many hours. Like it's tough to, like we made a quarter of a million dollars to be broke and eat wow. at Burger King yeah. because it's so expensive with the kids and this and that. So uh, my sister had said, Hey, I'm, I'm getting rid of my house. I'm buying another one. You want to come, you know, and she kind of said, come on, you could, you know, help with dad, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. I kept my company in LA and then moved my family back to, to Houston. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was, turned out to be great because we got to, they got to learn about their extended family, ruined my daughter's dating life, <laughs> they got to college, then went to Don't Ask, Don't Tell Land. Done. <laughs> you know, they're both now happily, successfully married, right? you know, and so now I'm just beating up the boys. There you go. So it's, you know, we're down to that part. So uh, that, that all worked good. And so while I was there, I'm going, what am I going to do? And I realized uh, in LA, I was, I started drifting into music supervision, mm-hmm. you know, mostly because I wanted to score movies and that was kind of a cool way to do it. But also these indie films, they didn't have enough of a budget. So I used to call myself the music guy. I say, okay, what's your budget? All right, give me all your money because you guys don't know how to spend this, right? So I'll score it. I'll do the music editing. I'll yeah. do the supervision, all the clearance. I'll do everything. Yeah. And I realized there's a million, you know, you're doing it. You get into this scene in the movie where they go, they walk into a bar and Latin band on, you know, Latin music is playing. And I'm going, man, I'm not spending three and a half days with shakers trying to make a fake Latin band. To make that I would call the Latin music specialist, Daniel Lindard or my friends or whatever. And I say, hey, look, let me license this for the movie. You know, it's a little indie thing. Got a couple hundred bucks. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. And when I moved back to Houston, I went, you know what? There's a million programs that'll help me make music, but no one to help me license it. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine, Randy Miller, had kind of hooked me up with uh, a, uh, an oil guy named Jim Stanka. And, and I said, you know, I'm trying to do this thing. I want to make a software for people to find music to put in films. And he goes, I like movies. My wife likes movies. Well, 50 grand get you started. You know, these Texas oil guys, they understand high risk, high reward. Right. He does it. I, I end up, he brings in two of his friends. Later on, I had a guy named David Skinner who brought in his friends. And mm-hmm. I raised the 1.4 million, mostly out of Texas oil guys. Wow. You know? And so we built that thing out. We started in 2005. No one for, you know, you kind of forget that you've got an incredible search engine. And what it does is tell you in five seconds, you don't have the music they need. Oh. I went, Oops. So then cut to five years of traveling the globe, every Wellmex, Medem, everything that I can think of, signing every Lithuanian flute player. Cause I knew I don't have a problem finding hip hop or rock. Or sure, sure. You know, Turkish dance music, 
I'm in trouble. I'm breaking out of sweat, you know? So I made sure to get a compliment of all that kind of stuff. Right. And uh, so we launched in 2005. Uh, once we hit 8,000 tracks, it really started to get traction. And, uh, and we, we built it up since then. And now pretty much whether they know it or not, every major TV studio or, or uh, film, film studio is using me, even if they don't know it. Mm -hmm. But supervisors are going, hey, I need to find one thing. Some guys are really open about doing it. Other people treat me like the, you know, the dirty secret. Yeah. But it doesn't, good. my clients don't care. Like if I put your song in there, you're not going to care. Give it here. Right. Barry, did you get credit for doing that? Cause I'll feel, I don't want the money if you're not getting credit, Barry. I can't see you saying that. Dude, you don't need any credit, man. You got all kinds of credits. I've seen your resume. Put my song in there. Let him say he found it. Okay. That's right. All right, Gary. All right. He found it. I never pitched you at all. 10 times, you know, Certainly. Uh, so we did that. We've been pretty successful with that. Uh, then we started, we had all this great music and a great way to find it. Mm -hmm. But we'll have to pitch a song a thousand times to get one placement. Mm -hmm. The numbers are crazy, you yes. know. Um, and it's good and, it, and it's it's money and it's it's effective. But I'm going, I've got this great music that needs to make more money. Mm -hmm. So we, about five years ago, we started doing stuff where we supply music in Europe. We've got 50,000 songs making money at retail over there. Excellent. We supply the music to 200 Italian grocery stores and Swedish eyeglass huts and, you know, all these other other places. So we've got guys making it's pieces of a penny, yeah. but it starts to add up. Oh, sure. And then when COVID hit, I've been starting to do, I had an idea, a concept about, gosh, I want to say seven years ago. Mm -hmm. no, no, let me think. I'm lying. Oh, my God. It's worse than that. I had mm -hmm. a, the concept was 11 years ago. I mm -hmm. called it Indie Safari and I went, what if there was a discovery site? And I tried to put in every way that you find new music. Yeah. And ultimately, the We Get Music is going to be that. It's it's a way to find music every way you can find music. Gotcha. We've got the search engine. It's going to have playlists, radio stations, all these discovery elements. Yes. Um, and so uh, in doing that, uh, that's telling me that I've got, you've got a call. Uh, yeah. And um, in uh, in doing that, I, I started developing this We Get Music. It was going to be the idea was to make a streaming platform that's fair, that not only pays per stream fairly, but also pays all the people in the food chain. Not mm -hmm. here's to the label, here's to the writer and publisher. Good luck, guys. Right. I hope it trickles down to everyone else. Sure. You know, trickle down, not so much trickling down. You that's know, right. really, I think to change the world, it's build up. Mm -hmm. You know, flow up is how it, it needs to work. So just, just in general. You know, uh, and so COVID, uh, I, I took out some SBA loans rather than fire anybody. Mm -hmm. And we pivoted during COVID, we pivoted to 100% of our energy to the music discovery site. Mm -hmm. um, and so now what we're going to do is we're going to basically raise about a million dollars on a convertible note. Mm -hmm. We're going to leverage all the everything into the music supervisor platform and a million bucks and fold that into the new entity. And so I'm having investor meetings and doing all that. And I'm basically betting the farm because that's what I do, you know. Yeah. I'm a um, musician. You take the risk. You know, you have the dream. The one thing I, I failed to say before asking that question, and, and, you know, I really do like what you're doing with respect to those of us whom you've invited to the table to say, hey, here's what the blueprint looks like. Here's what the dream is. Show me where the rocks are, you know, and uh, you've invited us to weekly meetings where we're helping you 
build that. I don't feel that I'm much of a help, but I'm learning so much in the process of hearing from others. Hey, did you think about this? You know, what was that about? Because that shows to me your generosity, even on the front end, while you're still putting the thing together. You're being really nice. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I'm saying, wow. I'm saying there have been people who have had ideas and it's like cloaked and don't oh, yeah. bother me about it. But to be able to say, here's a great idea that's going to benefit you, that is going to help you get to the next level. While I'm putting together, why don't you come to the table and let's talk about it? Well, there's two reasons I went that way. And it's um, one is with Music Supervisor. When I first built that software, I knew every part of the equation. So I did do more of a closed thing. Look, I know what everything needs to be. I build the whole thing. I take it out in the marketplace. They use 30% of what I built. Mm. I wasted tons of time and tons of money building stuff nobody wanted. Understood. So I went, as God is my witness, I shall never do that again. <laughs> and so when I did went to do this, um, I said, I, you know, again, because my my real goal was to fix the music business. Yeah. Like, you know, having had the relationships, you know, on, on like, I love being on a major label. Mm -hmm. When they love you and they want to do something. I was on uh, Warner in Asia and I walked into Malaysia and nobody knew me. Two weeks later, I am signing autographs at the restaurant. Wow. When a major label back in the day wanted to make you somebody, I mean, whew, could they do like, like I saw on their board, they said, yeah, put Barry over Phil Collins and Madonna. He's our top priority while he's here. Jiminy. I know. They would pick me up at six o'clock in the morning and drop me back off at 11 at night. Wow. And it was press conferences, that radio interview, you know, I even snuck on and did an opening slot and in there they go, we don't have the thing. So if the police come, you know, we'll get you out of jail, but do you want to do this? And I'm going, yeah, yeah, I, I, I was in pretty good shape. I ran okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that, but they, so they got me out of there. And then I ended up singing uh, at an event for, for the king, you know, at the mm. time. And he's the guy with the money, like you're going, you know, that was weird. Because then you have to, you can't turn your back. You have to back up and, and then, you know, so it's, it's, wow. It was, you know, I've had for for somebody who, you know, didn't travel at all. I didn't get airplanes till I was like seventeen, and it's I sure made up for lost time. <laughs> but uh, you know, having those experiences, I wanted to fix the music business. There were some great things, there's some terrible things. So really, ultimately, I, I kind of it's morphed into I if I if you could put one thing on my tombstone, he fixed the music business, made wow. it fair. That's that would awesome. be. That would, that would be my calling. That's all I need. Don't care about anything else. Uh, making it better for my friends, you know, the, or the, and the people that come after me. Yeah. So with that in mind, I said, look, I'm building this for us. And it's so all-encompassing that we do, like you said, we, I've got the thing I have to leave in 30 minutes is to do one of those calls. Right. But it's, and I broke it up into industry people, you know, where it's like, you're, you're, you've been a big help and we're going to be a bigger help on the podcast thing because yeah. we're going to incorporate that in there and your Absolutely. experiences doing this. Why wouldn't I talk to you? Why wouldn't I say, here's what I'm okay. thinking. Where, where am I missing it? And so we've got that. We've got artists, we've got industry people. We've got tech calls where we have people doing bugs things. I found this, it's broken, that That's thing. Right. Then we, we, next thing we're adding is a music thing where we're going, we're making playlists and radio stations with guys that are experts. So yeah. we get guys around the world, people in France making our indie French playlist. Like it's very international. Yeah. And I'm bringing in guys who know. I mean, 
I'm going the opposite of AI. I'm bringing in human intelligence. Man, that's excellent. That's excellent to be able to say because, I mean, absolutely, AI has its place. But yeah. AI can never anticipate on the dime what the human intuition will tell you. Hey, that that's working. That's not. Well, well AI is great. At, like when it comes to crunching numbers and and giving you more of what you like, you can't beat AI. Yeah. AI done right can do that. Sure. What AI can't do, it can't tell you about the music you've never heard that you might like. Yeah. It, it cannot do discovery. I don't know if it'll ever be able to do discovery. And, and, and again, there's a there's an argument that there is no true AI. It's machine learning. Mm. That's a, that's a, if you're going to be technical about it, uh, and that's a debate that, that mm. we can have. But right. but most people that I know that 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 I respect. Mm-hmm. We're really not talking about true AI yet. We're talking about machine learning. And it's basically, it takes a lot of numbers and can really see some things we wouldn't see. So we'll, we'll do some stuff with AI, yeah. but just not music curation. Understood. Now, for those of you who have been watching The Entre Musician, been listening on the podcast, you know that we started several months back having some bonus features. So I'm going to ask Barry a couple more questions, but back at the backstage pass, if you click on TheEntreMusician.com, there's going to be a bonus feature where Barry's going to get a little deeper into what we get music will mean for you. So if you're a subscriber, you'll get that. If you want to be a subscriber, jump on to theentremusician.com and that's the only way you'll get that conversation. But what I want to do, Barry, is I do want to ask just for general public. So if someone goes to musicsupervisor.com, uh, are they music supervisors or are, are they artists who can just submit their music to Music Supervisor and, and look, look at being placed or what's the procedure there? So it's we're we're about to change it, but right now it's go it's got Scott music need music. Click gotcha. on the right button. Got music and, need music. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so uh, eventually we're gonna move uh, the the like we're still gonna have the got music thing, but it's gonna take them over to we get artists in about next two or three weeks. Gotcha. But they can still find it from music supervisor. So it's a great place. It's musicsupervisor.com. And our deal with the artist, it's non-exclusive. You can leave anytime. It's free. We get paid when you get paid. We basically mm-hmm. split the front money. You keep all the ownership and the royalties. Mm-hmm. And basically, unknown artists with an unknown song, there's only so much we can get. So for every dime we make you up front, there's probably three dimes over the next 10 years sure. that you'll make. So mm-hmm. it ends up being our our cost is about a, like, like about 12.5%. Understood. Which is like an agent's fee. Now, once in a while, somebody gets screwed. But yeah. uh, most of the time, it's... Uh, you guys get screwed more, I get screwed harder. I don't know if that helps. That helps because I mean, and, and the thing about it is, you know, and, and, and I mean this transparently in sitting in the meetings and you talking about what your heart is and how you want the musicians to be paid, how you want the artists to be preferenced first. I mean, I see it. I can say without endorsement from you, this is real. So once it launches, it's going to be absolutely amazing. I'm excited. Definitely. Now, what have you found to be your greatest challenge as you've been in this industry and you've seen the technology change, you've seen the old style uh, music labels go out the door and give way to the streaming uh, services for you in your business and what you do? What's been the greatest challenge for you? Right now, the greatest challenge for all of us is keeping up. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when I do a conference uh, and 
we we used to do them once a year. I'm doing them three times a year, mm-hmm. not just to, to help the artists, but for the industry people, we all get together and go, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, I can't, I feel less caught up than I ever have in my entire life. I and see. so that's a, a big problem. The number one problem, if I were to look at, there's sort of three things that are a problem for, for independent musicians. Mm-hmm. One are the major labels doing what they do. We know what yeah. they do. They buy the playlist, they bribe radio, they do what they do. Right. If you're on them, great. If you're not, you're in trouble. They're in the their music business, not the music business. <laughs> you know, the same thing with when it comes to streaming services, Apple's about selling hardware. Spotify is about selling advertising. They're not mm-hmm. really in the music business. They just want the eyeballs that care yes. about the music. Yes. Um, the thing that's killing us the most is social media. Mm-hmm. We've gone and we've made these platforms like Google, like almost half of every search on there is search for movies or film. We bring the eyeballs, but when it comes time to pay us, no. Like like on, on YouTube right now, and I don't know how long this will be good for, yeah. you have to have a thousand subscribers, mm-hmm. 4,000 watch hours in the last 12 months, and then they will begin giving you a piece sure. of the advertising that they sell. Sure. And they sent out a new thing and said, hey man, if your kids are doing it on YouTube, you agree to our policy, right. you know, and we're making money off your kids too. Right. Your kid, little little Billy wants to make some money. uh, Tell him get some subscribers. There you go. That's absolutely right. You're right about that. Uh, Conversely, what do you think in this same changing environment has been your greatest triumph? I mean, you've been able to see things before others could see them. Is there some triumphs that uh, you can tout? I would say that I saw streaming before anyone else did, you know, in terms of it being the future. Uh, because it's the thing that fixes everything. Because if you pay 10 bucks a month, whether you know it or not, you're paying $120 a year for That's music. Correct. That is when correct. When was the last time you bought $120 worth of CDs? It's amazing, right? Yeah, it's back. I, as much as you can hate Daniel at, at Spotify, he yeah. did show the way. He did. Yeah. You He's know? a drummer too, by the way. I thought, hey, man. <laughs> exactly. Well, that explains everything, you know. Right. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Final question, man, because uh, there has to be a question that you anticipated that I would ask, and I haven't asked it. And really? disappointed you so much, you said, Jerry, what's wrong with this guy? Answer that question anyway. What question didn't you ask? Wow. I don't know. I don't know if I, there was anything, and I'm because you and I have t- talked often, and yesterday we had such a long talk. I'm, right, uh, we should have recorded I, that, right? I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, no, I'm glad we didn't do some of that. But uh, 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 yeah, that would have been that would have been a different podcast. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, you want your your race, your politics. What do you want to talk about? We right. talked about you know. We went through the game. Everything. You know. And we'll do that, you know, because this won't be your last time on, obviously. You know, we'll do that because there's so much in culture, culture and music. I mean, there, there's a marriage there and deciphering what's right, what's wrong, what, what are we trying to get right? You know, I mean, because you yeah. go back into the Bob Dylan, the Joan Baez, we talk, kind of talked about that a little bit. Speaking truth to power through the music is a, a very effective medium. But that's not the question I asked you. Okay, okay, something... Okay. Um, all right, uh, I I would have thought, you know, that you would say, hey, this new crazy platform you're doing, how do we get involved? Well, that's what we're going to talk about 
and the backstage pass. Oh, I thought we were already in the backstage. No, we're not in the backstage yet, buddy. Oh, okay. Oh, so the plan. Oh, okay. The last, the last thing that you didn't ask. Um, right. I'm trying to think of uh, something good to answer. Um, uh, you know, gosh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe, um, you know, maybe something about, you know, the songwriting or production or what my thoughts are on that, you know, maybe go for it. That. Um, go for it. I'll, I'll tell you what I always like, cause I'm a, a little bit of a production nerd. Like if, mm -hmm. of all the things I do, write and produce is the best thing that the business stuff I'm decent for a musician, mm -hmm. but I'm not as good as I am at the, at the other part of it. Exactly. And we so my new, my new trend for making records is to go in with a live rhythm section, track great guys, you know, first off, Pre-production, make it a great song. Don't, don't record an okay song. There's yeah. 70 million songs on Spotify. The world doesn't need any more good. It needs great. Man, that's fantastic. You know, and so go in, get some guys, you know, track it. And then when I do the overdubs after that, I treat the drummer as if he were God of rhythm, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't like, cause we're so used to perfection with all the program stuff. Exactly. So everything's gotta be in tune in time but it doesn't feel as good. So by taking that drummer, then when I go and do overdubs, loops or keyboards, I will line everything up with the kick and snare. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. got the same live band 70s feel, but they're perfect. They're yeah. nailing it. And again, I know people, I don't want to auto-tune. Dude, everything's perfectly in tune. In the 70s, guitars, like Rolling Stones guitars, are you kidding me? They were in the ballpark, you know? So uh, nobody's going to, I think, is Mick Sharp? I'm, I'm not sure. Let me check against the guitar. Well, holy, that's a, that is a proverbial marriage show, you know? Uh, so don't be afraid to use that stuff, but don't use it because you can't sing. Exactly right. You know, and yeah. so to me, it's do that, make it great, make it perfect. I will spend on average 10 hours on a vocal, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll, I'll do it, I'll comp it. I have a way that I do those things. Mm -hmm. um, but I also do it through a great mic chain. You know, mm -hmm. so it's a five thousand dollar Neumann. Like, yeah. don't don't you can't do everything in your closet. If you're a great singer, go to a great studio. Yeah, it's worth yeah. it. Yeah, and so that's what I'm saying. I I have a little yeah. bit of you know, especially as far as a love for singing. I can't sing, don't sing, but a love for it. And there there are some ways. I mean, of course, there's melodyne, there's auto tune, what have you. Uh, but there, there's something to be said about some of the natural end. You can't make it robotic. You have to. Oh, no, no. It. Don't make it perfect. You know I mean? Make it better. But you got to, that natural has to be organic and in there. So I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Melodyne, you could see like uh, where, where you're naturally going flat and you never sure. noticed it. Right. So just take it up. So, you know, if you, again, if you're bending it a little over, you right. know, um, some of the, the, the funny part is 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 uh, you can you can land a little flat, don't land a little sharp. Yeah, like it's yeah. there. There's certain things you'll notice from working with those things, but don't make it perfect. Exactly right. They're, the guys that do that, it sounds it sounds terrible. No, make I, it I, make it better. Get the egregious things out of there. I absolutely agree with you. Well, this is going to be uh, one part because Barry's on a tight schedule. Uh, you know, if he wasn't, we'd be talking here for five hours. We almost did last night. But uh, <laughs> this is one part of him coming back many, many times. You're going to love what he, he does. Uh, you'll check out We Get. 
you'll check out Music Supervisor. We're gonna have his all of his credentials down below in the comments so that you can get in touch with him for you. But he is the ultra entree musician. He's doing it all. I mean, and he's doing it all. We love him for it. That's Barry Coffin. My name is Jerry B. We're entree musicians, but you know what? So are you. So we will see you again soon. God bless. <laughs>